Hi, everybody. Welcome to an episode of SCV Business Stories, coming to you from the podcast studio right here at 360 Executive Suites SCV. My name's Ed Masterson. Honored to be here today with my special guest, Mr. Fred Arnold. Fred, welcome to the show. Love it. Thanks good, for having me. Good to have you here. Um, I know you're a guy that likes to get right into the crucial information that people have to offer the community, so let's not waste any of your time. want to get some great information out to our listeners. So, you are, of course, an expert in the field of real estate because you are a mortgage lender, so you're connected to all your colleagues in the real estate business. Give us a quick snapshot in your area of what is the most crucial information people should know right now, whether they're applying for funding for a home or a piece of commercial real estate. Well, let's talk about home lending right now. <clears throat> right now, it's hard to get into a house. It's hard to buy a house because there's not very many homes for sale. That's number one. A lot of people thought that when we had to slow down the economy and interest rates from went from the 3% range to the 6% range, if you will, um, they thought that, oh my gosh, housing's going to crash because we had such a run-up. But one thing, a couple things happened, Ed. One is those that would typically sell, and those um, are referred to people that are between 60 and 70. They would sell, the kids move out of the house, they'd go buy a house somewhere else. Well, they're not moving. They're not moving for several reasons. One is their loan that they have for 150 or 250 or 350 is only 2.99%. So if they sell, even if they're gonna buy for less, they can't get less expensive housing. Yeah. So that traditional person uh, that would normally list their home for sale and sell to somebody moving up, if you will, right. it's just not happening. Second thing that's happening is New home construction. We got plenty of it out here. It's, it's, I don't want to say plenty, but we have good new home construction. But we're not building smaller homes. So that entry-level buyer, it's tough because there's so much regulation when it comes to, to building a house that it's very unprofitable to build a house that's 1,600 square feet. Right. You got to build a bigger home, get more money for that lot in order to afford it. Right. And so that's happening. And then the last but not least, and I think it's really important to understand in LA County, household formations are really, really going up. Um, our children. What's a household formation? Household formations is when uh, our children mm -hmm. uh, decide to get married or decide to live together or cohabitate. And so we're finally seeing that happen. Like, my, my one son's 27, uh, he's a firefighter, and he hasn't formed a household yet, but I assume he will in the next three years or so. Okay. Um, that generation wasn't like our generation, which is home sweet home, buy a home right away, have kids and buy in a suburb. They're not doing that right now. Nice. Um, but there is about 1.3 million in LA County. Um, of the renters in LA County, uh, about 40% uh, can qualify to buy a house. And it's just a matter of finding a house to buy. So we didn't see a drop in real estate values in most areas at all. In fact, in some cases, we saw a 1% or 2% increase. And so that's what's in, uh, very important to know is housing is not, um, it's contracting as far as the number of sales, but it's not going down in value like we didn't, we like we saw in 08. So that's a surprising stat to me. 40% of people in LA County could qualify for a home loan right now? Yeah, absolutely. Really? The average rent's gone up in some cases. Depends what statistic you look at, but right. last year, any, anywhere from 14 to 18% rent increase, in, unless, of course, you were in some areas of, um, of LA where there's rent control, 
but a lot of increase in rent. So if someone would move out, they'd put that to fair market value and, and get the rent for it. So uh, yes, that's that's a, a true stat that um, is, is sobering and it's driving demand. So do you see most people in the, well, I guess regardless of generation, do most people today, right now, snapshot of what we're looking at right now, typically go to purchase a previously owned home from somebody or do they go looking for new home development areas that are brand new and they want to move into them? Well, it depends what their need is. If it's children, then they're going to come out to somewhere like Santa Clarita where the um, the average school rating is very high. You know, um, So that's the one thing. Are they looking for that? The one thing about the, the buyers now, the young buyers now, is they're looking at the investment side of the house because they saw their parents lose their home in 08 or heard of the stories right. of, of the uh, mortgage meltdown so, and the housing meltdown. So they're really looking at the house as, as an investment. Is it a sound investment? Now, new home construction makes up 10% nationwide of all homes being sold. Okay. And so that's an important thing. Now, that's nationwide. It's going to be different in micro areas, probably a little bit higher in Santa Clarita right now. Um, so we're going to see, but they come looking in Santa Clarita at the new homes, but they don't necessarily buy because it's not a higher percentage of the homes for sale. And are those new homes with all the cool amenities that new homes come with nowadays, they are proportionally or about the same relative pricing uh, compared to what a home 20 years ago with all the bells and whistles would have been proportional. Well, there's something that you have to look at as a new buyer. Um, and I'm telling my kids to look at, and it's, it has to do with uh, Melarus. There's extra Melarus tax in some neighborhoods where you're paying more than the 1.25%. Can you explain what Melarus is? Uh, absolutely. So Melarus is just an extra property tax above your normal property tax <laughs> that you pay. And it's for infrastructure, okay. houses, you know, streets or streets, fire, okay, schools, yeah. and so forth. It's an extra tax, right? Okay. So some of these projects you're gonna have an extra Melarus, and you just have to bake that in. You know what? What is the cost of my housing if I buy there versus a resale? The second thing you have to look at is you have to look at is there an HOA that's higher than normal homeowners association fee? It's an extra fee for the amenities in the neighborhood. Now, if you go out to Five Point, I'm familiar with that, and, and the good people out there, I mean, they have some space that's just absolutely stunning, beautiful, and it's part of the HOA, and you pay, and if you're gonna use that amenity, it's it's certainly a beautiful amenity use. And so you have to look at that. Very important when it looks at new construction. Last but not least, are you gonna have some money left over if, it's, if they have a backyard or front yard to put in your front or backyard. In some cases, it's better to buy resale, put in new carpet, paint, and uh, make it your own. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You're right. There's a lot of put-ins that you have to do on a brand new home. So yeah, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. So how about this? This generation, when I say this generation, let's say people 30 and under, uh, I hear a lot, and I'm not sure if it's a cliche or it's true and you would know, is, or do they typically prefer to rent rather than own or is that just you can't broad stroke the entire generation What's i don't think you can broad stroke them i think that you're just um they're just more methodical about their education they're more methodical about seeing their parents or parents friends or relatives lose their home when they were kids and hearing about all that and so they're really concerned they're also very conscious of their lifestyle i mean truly and and some of us don't understand i get it but that, you know, the lifestyle that they want to lead is different than the lifestyle that you and I grew up with. And that's not necessarily bad. Um, they, they really enjoy their social aspect of, of their life. Um, 
the other thing that's important to them is they're afraid to be locked down. Mm -hmm. And so if they buy a house, it's a feeling of being locked down. Of course. So it's definitely, that's why I say household formations is what causes many people to decide to buy versus age. It's not age as much as household formations and where they're at in their life. Right. And I think you mentioned earlier, are we, did I hear you correctly? We're tick technically in a seller's market, right? More people want a home than homes are available, correct? 100%. Yeah. But but it's in in there it's well over 30% of all homes are multiple offers, which is surprising. Um and a good percentage of those are over ask price. Um so we're still seeing a seller's market. However, I believe there's a very good chance interest rates are going to drop. Maybe not to where they were. Where are they at now? Um, so I'll quote you two rates, uh, 6.125 with an AP, APR of about of 6.389. I'll make it a little bit high so that in, in case I'm in there, we have all, all these rules we have to quote, which is true cost of money because you got to pay fees to get a loan. So, um, so you're, you're in the, um, you know, low sixes in, mm -hmm. in, in many cases. And I could see a vision where the APR drops down to four and a half percent. And it's because we're going to see a slowdown in our economy. When we see a slowdown in the economy, we're going to eventually see a lower interest rate. So buying now and refinancing later, I think is wise. Because once these interest rates drop, those household people, uh, young people or individuals um, building a, a new house together, right. it's going to be a frenzy. So two, three years ago, we were at about half the interest rates now. Is that about right? A uh, year and a half ago. year and a half ago. Yeah. Right. So do you say the old uh, axiom that the best time to buy a home is right now? <laughs> it is. And the only reason why is um, we haven't seen a continuous, I say continuous, depending on the neighborhood, drop in home values. Statistically, okay. it's just not happening. And rates popped up to, you know, above six. And that's what convinced me. So at first I was kind of a pause for my children. Well, hold on, just let's just see what's gonna happen here. And we haven't seen that simply because there's just not enough homes being built, which is new supply, and um, there's very little homes for sale. Right, and I know I'm quizzing you a lot about real estate and you're an expert. You are an expert in the entire ball of wax, Fred, I think because of your number of years of experience and, and all the people you work with all the time across the aisle in real estate. What is it about, uh, do people ever come to you in advance? They're thinking about buying a home or if they can buy a home and they come to you for some advice or maybe some guidance. What are the things that people need to know no matter what age they are when they go out looking for a home? What do they need to know like right now this second that makes them more in the game and, and likely to get approved for a loan? The one thing that, that I, I typically say to customers is come in and talk to one of our loan officers or somebody that you know you've been referred to because they don't have anything to sell you. Like they're not listing, it's not the, a listing of a house. Right. They're like, you know, when you go into a dealership, a car dealership, someone wants to sell you a car, right? Or if you go into a store that a salesperson comes to you, they want to, that's what they're there to do. Right. A, a loan officer, if there's no home to sell, they're just giving you information. Right. That's number one, because there's some things on credit that could be cleaned up and straightened out. Credit is everything. Credit score is huge. There's a difference between a half percent interest rate you can pay because of one credit score versus the other. So credit score is critical. That's why you go in early. The other thing is incomes vary and there's different types of income that qualify you for different amounts. 
So you could easily be a commissioned, but the, you're, let's say your boss gives you the choice, but you can go to salary plus commission. Sometimes that's more helpful than others. Sometimes waiting six months because you've been two years on a commission job is, is where you need to be. Uh, I met with a young man yesterday, Christian, and Christian uh, qualifies for about $400,000 condo. I actually, and his, his payment, you know, was affordable and it sounds good, Fred, and it was going to be a condo, probably an entry-level condo around uh, 1,400 square feet. I said, what if you bought a house? And I, I use Saugus as an example because there's still some, some nice homes, if you will, um, at 600, 625. I said, what if you bought a house? And there's one thing I want to share with you, Ed. I said, what if you bought a house, had your parents co-sign for you, which in, in many cases... Our, we want our kids to succeed. Sure, we'll help you out. But why do you want to buy a house for six hundred grand? Because there's this thing called at an ADU, auxiliary dwelling unit. Mm -hmm. The state of California passed this this law that says you can add an ADU and put a kitchenette and a bathroom, and someone can rent from you. Right. Now I'm proof. I I live in a fairly you know um, nice HOA neighborhood. And I have an ADU. I converted my third car garage and a, a bedroom right next to it. And I collect, quite, I won't say the amount because some people might know my tenant, a, a good amount of money, about a, third, uh, about a third of the mortgage payment I collect for the ADU on a garage I didn't use and a bedroom that had a bunch of stuff in it. And so I said to this young man, I said, what if you bought a house in, in Saugus or some areas that uh, you can find a $650,000 house, your payment, his payment after he collected 1500 bucks a month in rent was going to be less than if you bought a $400,000 condo. Wow. And he's like, and so I, I texted him today and he goes, you know what? My parents are all in. They think it's a great idea. So that's an example where a professional can explain these things to you before you go looking for a home. Right. And you can, you can at least lay out that scenario and then it, it's kind of on them to go, um, investigate what are the costs going to be to create that ADU, right? 100%, we give them some referrals. Yeah. And some of these um, individuals are into construction, so uh, they could do it much less expensive than someone like me who's gonna have to hire someone, right? Um, but it's been a gift, and that's how, th that's how I think um, I mentioned to all my kids, buy a place with a separate garage that's not attached to the house, you convert that into an ADU, you put a shed in the backyard for all your stuff, and you're gonna collect a third, if not half your mortgage payment, and then, you know, you're used to having three roommates, so get one roommate in one of the rooms, and now you almost make no mortgage payment. The state ought to put you on the payroll as an <laughs> ambassador and a sales guy for the ADU. Uh, it just uh, makes sense. How are these young, how are these young um, borrowers going to afford these high payments? Yeah, it is tough, right? I think, would you say it's, it's safe to say that today in 2023, uh, people that are looking for that entry-level style home, it's a little bit tougher on them than it was 20 years ago or is, or is it yes. just proportionally always kind of the same no it's much more difficult it's more difficult yeah because builders aren't building entry-level homes um those that are retiring want that single story where the master bedroom's downstairs so there's a huge demand for entry level homes it, it's not the same and and so what tools can you use as a um, first-time buyer yeah to keep your payment as low as possible and the adu is the answer in my opinion um, it's also just buying a house and I see families uh, where both siblings will buy a house together and say, hey, this will be our first house as soon as we're both making more money or we decide to do a new household formation with other significant others. Right. And that's been very helpful, too. So what's the biggest misconception, Fred, people have? Again, I'm, I'm lumping in all generations because a lot of people, just because you're older doesn't mean you know more about stuff, right? So what's the biggest misconception people have about 
being able to qualify for a home loan today? Then it's hard. And you know what? I'm glad, and I didn't ask that question to set this up, but I, I will comment on that answer. When my wife, Valerie, and I were trying to re refinance, you got us a refinance when our existing mortgage holder told us, no, there's no way they could refinance us. So that's not- I wasn't gonna bring that up, but uh, thank you. That's no, so kind of you to say. No, no, I, we talk about it all the time because we were in a spot where we just felt like we didn't have any options. You said, well, let us take a look. Kind of this scenario you're talking about, let the loan officers take a look, took a look, came back and said, you know what, we can do it. And it was, it was really life-changing for us to get us out of the situation we were in. And we really appreciate it. So that's not just you saying that, that was you saying it and doing it, which is great. So thank, I, I appreciate thank you. that. No. Thank you. And I'll just mention that there's, there's, there's a select group of mortgage professionals that have been doing it for 25, 30 years. Typically don't, don't work for banks and typically work for what's called mortgage bankers or mortgage brokers and get a good referral or come to American Family Funding, a company like ours, and, and work with somebody that's been doing it a long time that can really tell you how to structure your situation so you can actually buy or refinance and not just be told no. Yeah, and it was the other thing that made the experience really pleasant was it was, there was no hard sell, there was no selling salesmanship. It was just, here's some information we think could help you. Obviously it's your choice, but we feel we can really help work you through this to your benefit, for our benefit. Yeah. And we appreciated that very much. So that Thank was great. You. You're welcome. Yep, and yep. how in the world do you keep up on, I know you love it because it's your business and you're just that guy that always consumes information. So um, how do you stay up on, what? what is the sort of level of ongoing education you have to do all the time in your profession and then also to be mindful of, you know, the professions you work with closely like real estate, yeah. stay up on everything. You know, there's there's some light state licensing and there's national licensing. So both those, which is repetitive and it's really to, um, to make sure we're doing the right things. It's, um, it's fair lending, it's um, making sure ethics. I, I think that's more than anything else, a lot, a lot of rules around that. Um, but more than ever, uh, it's the information you consume. Um, there's two or three news wires that I, I listen to. Mm. I always say I'm really bad to go to social events because my pop culture knowledge is very poor. <laughs> um, uh, you know, so That's I have not to, true I'll have to say to someone, what, 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 who's dating who and what TV show is good? But it's, it's the Wall Street Journal is, is my go-to. Um, because they have a lot of, and, and I'll subscribe to something having to do with, like I'll, nowadays these iPads are so nice. You could just pick what topics. So I'll pick real estate, finance, and I'll just have a pulse on, on that. Um, and then I, there's a, a few people I, I, I follow. One of them happens to be a guy named Barry Habib, and it's the um, MBS Highway. And his analysis of what's going on in real estate is just spot on. So I'll listen to him, um, Kiplinger's report. So there's certain reports you look at in finance and, and that's, that's all you have to do is spend a little bit less time on, 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 on the tabloid stuff and a little more time. Uh, you know, I neglect a lot of things in life, but a lot of things that don't mean a lot to me, but will mean a lot to my customers. And I, I think that, so if you're a mortgage professional out there, MBS Highway, Wall Street Journal, um, and make sure you ask these type of questions, like where do you see the market going? Look, I have an opinion. They, they say, well, you know, I can't forecast the future. Well, you know, I can tell you a pretty good idea where I think the market's going based on immediate data. Right. And I can share that data. And I'll share that with you because then you can make an educated decision versus saying, well, you know, I can't predict the future. Nope. There's a good idea. Interest rates are going to drop because we're going to have a slowdown. There's a good chance values are going to stay up because no one's listing a house for sale. Well, why? Right. 
there's a good chance household formations are coming up because 1.38, you know, 1.386 million people are, are forming a household. There's a good chance people are, are the housing is going to stay strong because we're only building 25% of the homes needed in LA County to sustain household formations. Right. So it's, it's, it's that that you have to seek out. So you make sure you're making a good decision when buying a house. So it's basically uh, educated forecasting, not just trying to predict the future with a yeah, crystal ball. Exactly. Yeah. And, and not, but not saying I can't predict the, fu fu uh, the future. It's okay to give your thoughts and opinions uh, from an educated sign to an, to a customer. And that's what we try to do. Right. Just to catch you up on pop culture, uh, King Charles got sworn in as king the other day, just in case you missed that. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a meme out there for for all those other women. You know, it was it was something for all those you know girlfriends out there waiting, to, you know, in the wings. Well, she's queen now. <laughs> she's a good example. She's a good role model for people waiting. Oh, it was, I was looking at go. Oh, so that was pop culture, but um, yeah, and I also saw that uh, there's a lot of fun stuff going on if you. Uh, if you, you know, just follow that. But uh, anyhow, <laughs> so, I love real estate. No, I know you're great at it. You're so good. And you're good at explaining it. That's the other thing. That, that's one of the, the great things about people that are good at their profession that can articulate it to people that are not in that profession and it help people to understand it. And you're really good about that. Tell us a little bit about commercial real estate for those people that are out there looking for commercial properties. What, what's the feel for that now? So the smaller end commercial property is smaller end stuff that's under $3 million under 10,000 square feet, hard to find, really hard to find in Santa Clarita. Um, if you're going to go out in the Valley, it's, you're gonna have to renovate. Um, but a good opportunity, a lot of companies, well, if you're, first of all, if you're a business owner or you're running a business, I love the idea of, of buying a small piece of commercial real estate simply because you're paying yourself just like you do in a mortgage. Um, we opened up these 360 suites because we realized we didn't need all the offices we had, but we really liked a good office vibe and how do you create that energy? So I really like the idea of entrepreneurs going out there and buying stuff under 10,000 square feet. I think it's still going to be strong. I think there's huge opportunities if you're able to get into that market. Um, but we're talking higher end properties. Um, 30 to to 50 million dollars we're seeing right now yeah. a struggle with that market actually right. I, I saw something in uh, san francisco where they were expecting a property that was valued at 300 million to go for 60. Wow. <laughs> so if you're running a company that needs three floors or something like that um certainly a great investment <clears throat> but most most um most of the stuff i touch or look at is stuff under 10,000 square feet a uh, business owner um, make it a really nice entryway, make the offices nice, sublease the offices you're not utilizing for your company so you have a room for growth, and uh, and really help yourself for your future retirement. Same type of um, parameters when it comes to getting financing for commercial real estate, or it's 100% different? 100% different. Yeah. In some cases, I think it's easier, Okay, uh, but you got to have a little bit of money down unless you go SBA. Okay, um, I think SBA allows you, I've never been able to do that. I usually go a little bit more money down, but a 10% down um, SBA loan. You have to occupy 50% of the property. And again, call an SBA expert. Uh, I'm not that, but I just, from from talking to uh, the bankers all the time, there's a couple I'll be happy to refer you to. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's it's typically more money down. The loans aren't fixed for 30 years. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're fixed for five or 10 at the most. Okay. Um, they're a different animal, but certainly a great way to build your wealth, great way to build your portfolio, especially if you're a business entrepreneur out there 
looking and I, you know, call me, ring me up and I'll share what we've done with our 140 executive suites out here in Santa Clarita. And we just started with one and, and, and built a really nice uh, portfolio of, of, of suites. Yeah. I want to talk about your suites, the 360 executive suites. We're in the one right now that's on the old road. That's where we have the podcast studio set up. And I know we're going to be interviewing tenants here in the building and letting them come in for sessions like this to talk about their businesses, let people get to know who they are and let them, you know, sort of help educate the community on their professions. What was your vision for this particular building? Because I, I'll tell you what it feels to me, but I want to know what was your vision when you decided to buy this building and kind of redo it? Well, first of all, it's an iconic building um, that Alice and John O'Hare, who uh, formerly owned Remax of, of, of Santa Clarita, I think it's Remax Santa Clarita or Valencia, one of those, Remax, um, they really um, set the bar high. They built about 87 individual offices. So their real estate agents had their own office. And that was something that was was not done. It was typically a big bullpen area and some smaller right. offices in most offices. And so it was right off the freeway. They built it before nothing was over here. And it revolutionized the way that um, real, estate, uh, real estate agents officed back then. The great thing is it was the entry level to the Santa Cruz Valley right at the five freeway. So they got great, great sign recognition. So I said, wow, there's 80 something offices already built out because the biggest expense when you, when you want to fix up a building is, is construction because of the permitting and, and so forth. So they were already built out. The, if I, I say, look, uh, we're in their old Remax building. They know where that building, it was so iconic. Right. But I wanted to restore cosmetically the building to its original glory. You know, changing light bulbs and repainting and putting really good flooring in. That doesn't require a lot of permits and, and, and um, construction cost. And so we knew that if we did that, we would restore it to its original beauty. There was, there's some marble downstairs that was green. And back in the day, it was beautiful. But then I guess in... You know, the, from 2010 to 2020, it was considered not beautiful. So they painted over it. We ended up, we ended up scraping it off. And here's this beautiful marble, making it work. Uh, Liz Woolley did a great job with the um, the design of the the interior of it. Yeah. And so it's a it's a place for entrepreneurs to come. That's fresh and vibrant. Uh, you know, you don't see a WeWork out here because. You know, they usually operate on, on, on higher-end rents, if you will, in, in the um, dense populated areas. So how do we bring that vibe to Santa Clarita? And I think we did. Um, we have meetings once a month uh, for those to network. Mm -hmm. um, we're always doing luncheons. I mean, if, when you have 85 offices, you have an opportunity for a lot of just the tenants themselves to network amongst each other or create a vibe within a building. So, yeah. you know, if you're spending eight, nine hours a day here, or even if you're spending four, right. you want a place to want to come to. So well, that's what we tried to create. You you hit a home run, Fred, as usual. I know you had a phenomenal grand opening here about a month ago, and it was packed, like, you know, hundreds of people here. The thing I love about this building is not only the beautiful job you've done on things like what you just said about restoring the marble and stuff like that that are iconic pieces of the uh the look of the building but it's such an inviting presence when you come in like right when you come through the front door it's got a very um uh, artistic feel maybe just because i fancy myself as an artistic guy i don't know why because i'm not really but i love coming in here it's it's a very communal experience and just running into people in the building and like you said there's so many different 
companies and businesses and entrepreneurs and different, you know, career things going on in here, it creates this cool melting pot feel to me where, you know, you run into people that maybe you would never not see elsewhere in the community, but a bunch of them are here and you get to meet people. And like you said, network with them, get to know them, become friends with them. It's really, really a beautiful space. And you've created this really cool environment. And, and it just, to use your term, a, a cool vibe that people can come here and really take advantage of. Yeah, we're again, I don't want to say stuck at work, but we're committed to work for so many hours a day. And so how do we do it where you leave smiling and, right. and it's just an inviting space. But, but I think the biggest thing is you're not driving into LA um, to do your job, which right. means you're on the freeway for 30 minutes to an hour, which means you're away from your children, which means you're away from little league games or, you know, whatever it is, your children's, uh, got, um, you know, artistic talking about artistic, you know, there's a lot of art art out here in Santa Clarita where kids play instruments, kids do dance. Um, young, young people do dance. There's so many different opportunities, but you don't get to see that if you're commuting from LA. Yeah. So how do you increase quality of life? You work local. And you can get to uh, anything you need to get to within 15 minutes of, of the office. No, it's great, Fred. And I know, you know, you, you don't get as much credit as you should. And you're super humble. But I'll go ahead and say these things anyway, because it's true about you. You're a great community guy. You're always looking for that next thing that can improve the quality of the community, the fabric of the community. You are kind, you're generous, you support a bunch of nonprofit organizations out here. And one of the greatest things I love about you is you're always positive as evidenced by helping us refinance our house. And everybody said, Nope, can't be done. You're like, well, let me take a look. And you got it done. So you're not appreciated as much as you should be, but Thank I appreciate you. you. And hopefully when people see this thing, they'll say, Fred Arnold's a pretty good guy. He doesn't know much about pop culture. But no, I don't. Right. When it comes to that Friday night party, I, <laughs> I kind of sink a little bit and just kind of shake my head and smile. <laughs> Well, it's an honor having you on the show. Thanks for yeah, setting thank us you. up in this great podcast studio to, to also interview a bunch of other people coming in as well. And I think we're right on time. So I'm going to play us out with a cool music cue. And thank you so much, Fred, for being on the show. Uh, thank you so very much. much. All right, here we go.